1: today is national signing day and Kev, it's interesting because we talked about how the early signing period is kind of watered today down but still it is interesting taking a look at some of the big talent that we have here locally and i'm excited to bring on our next guest uh jared Luganville with prep red zone ohio jared welcome in man how are you i appreciate your time today
0: i'm doing great fellas great to be on to kevin justin Just uh, an exciting day for those of us that follow
1: high school recruiting. So let's dive into that before we get into some of the local players uh, here in the in the Dayton area. Just talk about your experience with the players you've covered. Uh, The you know when you take a look at how COVID has impacted their recruiting experience, what can you tell us about how that has gone so far?
0: Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been uh, it's brought up a lot of obstacles and challenges. For the kids, especially the 2021 class, kind of the way it typically works is around the kid's sophomore season is um, when they start picking up steam, colleges start making their recruiting boards into their junior season. The colleges are really following what they're doing and that sort of thing. And the off-season summer camps are where the coaches really get a chance to size up the kids, see them in person, get them on campus and really uh, establish those relationships. Well, because of the COVID issue and not having those summer camps, it's really um, given a lot of uh, kids trouble that maybe were under the radar, mm-hmm. late developing um, kids that uh, really needed that extra time and um, just, frankly, to get on campus. Uh, and college coaches can be um, kind of, I don't want to say fickle, but, they want to be able to see see and shake, you know, a kid's hand and and really be able to feel like, um, you know, they know what they have there. And and without that happening, that's really uh, put um, um, a lot of obstacles in the way. And then just from the kid's side of not being able to take campus visits, you know, as you talked about, it's a a decision that's going to affect at least the next four years of their life um, and not to be able to, Really get on campus and view the facilities and get to meet the coaches and and that sort of thing has just made it um, uh, you know kind of a hard hard situation to to go through. But they've they've done a great job of adapting. The kids never cease to amaze me with their ability to um, overcome and 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 they've done it here.
1: You know, you look at this class, the twenty twenty one class coming up. Have there? You know, we're going to talk a lot about the names who have signed, whether it was the early signing period or today on National Signing Day. Uh, but you look at the transfer portal, and it is—I mean, there's a lot of concern about how many names are in that current transfer portal and how there seems to be more names than, op, than available opportunities. But you talked about it, Jared. You said that you know, a lot of coaches are fickle; and they want to see these kids, and they haven't been able to see a lot of these high school kids for quite some time or be able to meet them. Could you see more coaches go in the, in the line of trying to fill holes with the transfer portal versus some of the kids who weren't fortunate enough to get a deal done or to be able to sign a letter of intent to play?
0: Uh, I think you could see that a little bit. But to be honest, the transfer portal, um, i would colleges uh, that have options are going to use that probably more in the means of trying to fill a hole here or there to build a culture in a system You want players that are going to be committed for the long term. And so I don't see um, successful programs, successful coaches really choosing that route as being one that they're going to make long-term investments in. Um, But that being said, um, the the other part of the COVID issue was seniors getting an extra year of eligibility. And so uh, it's very possible that they could, the kid that they already have in that knows their system that's been there for three or four years and and has that knowledge and and knows the game um, as opposed to a kid that's in high school and and they haven't invested in yet Um, and so you know that that definitely could be a realistic uh, possibility but yeah there's there's more kids right now in the transfer portal than there are spots open so you know it may look Like the grass is greener on the other side, but there's a chance some of these kids aren't gonna find a landing spot.
1: You know, one of the things I definitely miss about National Signing Day outside of the big one, just the single one, but is the hat dance and the ability for these young student athletes to pick their college choice in front of their whole school. How's that happened this year since you know there's so many schools doing school virtually?
0: Yeah. there. Um, I know a lot of kids have talked about uh, meeting with coaches on zoom and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I don't think it's any more or less, uh, you know, I, to be honest, the, the hat thing has become less and the putting the, the video on Twitter out of making your commitment is kind of the invoke thing now, not to say that the hat thing doesn't still happen, but um, that's kind of seems to be where the kids have gone. And really that You know, no matter how, you know, whether it's in in the December early signing period or or now really isn't isn't affected by that.
1: You know, one of my favorite memories, and not for the right reasons at all, I mean, I'm being mean here, but uh, the, the high school player last year that committed to Ole Miss that didn't have an offer, Remember, like you talk about yeah, the hat yeah. dance, Kev, like that, you know, you talk about those hat dances and stuff. But I'm, I mean, that was so uncomfortable. I, and the only reason I bring it up is because someone literally just said it to me. And it took me back to that when the kid that committed to Ole Miss last year on signing day and he did the whole video, he did the hat dance, as you talked about on the, the news was there, except Ole Miss never offered him. There was no Ooh. paperwork on him and they had I mean, that was so bad. But anyways, like I said, it's supposed to be a good day about kids <laughs> signing and I'm being mean to bullying here.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it really is a culmination for these kids of all the work that they put in and not just on the field but in the classroom yes. to uh to be where they are now and so like you said it's it's a day to celebrate them and I know you alluded earlier um to the fact, you know, we I can't get to every kid um, you know, to say their name but um, you know, be proud of what your your child's done and and uh, celebrate uh their their accomplishment today for sure.
1: Absolutely, and uh, you know, and, and you sent me a, a list of guys that you've you know been covering here in the Dayton area earlier today. We read some of those names off a little bit ago, and that's what. And you're right. I mean, that's what I was trying to make clear. Is a lot of times when you start talking high school sports, if you, oh, you always give that school attention and not this school. Well, you know, that's why the phone lines are open and people have access to send in um, some local signees from the area if we miss one. But I want to talk about a school that uh, you have a lot of players from this school on your list that you sent me earlier today. Northmont. Um, I was able to calling quite a few of their games over the years. And I tell you what, I did not get to see Cade Rice play, though, as he transferred there this past season. Unbelievable talent. He has Marcus Allen and Rod Moore and so many other talents around Northmont was going to win a state championship, in my opinion. And they had that opportunity taken from them, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus and everything. I mean, they were ready to get on the bus to head to Springfield to play, and it gets taken from them. It was such a heartbreaking way for them to end their season. But, man, they had so much talent, so much upside. But talk about the talent. Talent that's on that team and, uh, and where these players have signed?
0: Yeah, so, you know, as wealthy as the Dayton area is in talent, while Northmont, you look at a kid like Marcus Allen, a wide receiver, big kid, 62, 190, uh, led their team in reception, 60 receptions, 864 yards in eight games, 14 TDs in eight games, um, was originally slated to or committed to Michigan, Uh my my belief and understanding is that they cooled on him some and he ended up decommitting, but he had offers from all over the country. Ended up choosing Wisconsin. Funny enough that he's gonna see Michigan probably um at least once a year or you know, every other year uh with the Big Ten schedule and so that'll be a fun rivalry. I, I would assume that he'll uh have some uh some words and some uh, plays for, for the Michigan coaching staff. But, uh, then you also have Rod Moore, who played wide receiver and defensive back there, um, at Northmont. He's probably going to be, uh, a safety up there. Um, I guess would be a free safety, maybe a little bit of an echo back. Um, but, uh, smaller kid, 5'11, 180, but just flies around the field, um, and has, uh, you know, quick, uh, change of direction ability and, just, you know, you look at him and you say, yeah, that's a D1 athlete. That's a kid that has, has the physical traits of a kid that's going to play at that level. Kate Rice, um, as you said, signed with uh, South Dakota State. Um, honestly, uh, he was a kid that I was just waiting for to bust out on the D1 uh, scene. And, and for whatever reason, um, it just never happened. I kind of put it to what I talked about with not being able to get into camps mm-hmm. for people to see him throw live. Um, you know, it's especially with quarterbacks, there's coaches want that extra comfortability. They're going to be the leader of your offense. They're going to be the face of your team to a certain extent, and they want that extra comfort level. Um, but South Dakota State's a great program, and, and he's going to, um, I believe, have a lot of success there. And, and so, you know, it's really, you know, you look at a lot of people make, you know, a D1 or Bust type attitude. And there's so many good programs D2-wise where you can get a great education and play at a very high level of, of football. And so I would never want to diminish um, a kid for for going that route. And um, I, I think he'll uh, he'll he do well there. Sean Harewood, another kid, defensive back, who's going to go to Division Two um, University of Indianapolis. Um, great cover skills, a kid that's just going to compete, and I read an article about him earlier in the year, um, of just the ability um, to every day go up and practice against two wide receivers that have D1, uh, Power 5 conference type ability, and how that helped him as a player um, kind of just be able to rebound and, and be mentally tough, and uh, just hone his skills really, and so yeah, they're. You know, as you said, 8-0. I was really looking. I was going to be going to that Springfield game in the playoffs. I was there the first time they played, and um, it was going to be a great game, I think. I don't know who would have won, but um, it would have been a great game, no doubt. But, uh, you know, they have to be proud of what they did this year, not losing and uh, being one of the best teams in the state.
1: Uh, another team in the G Walk that uh, we caught a lot of their games over the last couple of years, too Centerville. I know they have Chase Harrison, who's a junior who's heading into his senior year now, but one of his primary targets was Will Linkhart. Um, and just signing, uh, you know, you obviously signing with Tiffin, but just what was his recruiting process like and what was the interest in him like from various schools?
0: Um, I think it was more on a D, D2 level for Will. Um, I, I think he did get a little interest from D-1s earlier on in his, his um, high school career. Um, you know, just from a physical standpoint, you know, the kid's 6'5", 190 pounds. Um, so right off the bat, that kind of is going to catch people's eyes. But um, he just, speed-wise, athleticism-wise, seems like a great fit to, to the D-2 level and a kid that, you know, whether they decide to um, grow him into a tight end or, as a, as a big outside receiver that can really post up cornerbacks and that sort of thing, um, really is, is a quality fit there. And, and and to be honest, guys, you know, they're really, when I look at the top D2 programs, and Tiffin's really coming along and, and turning into um, a school that is bringing in a lot of talent, there's not really a lot of difference between your top D2s and your smaller uh, D1 FBS programs. Talent-wise, you know, sometimes it's just one thing here, one thing there. It might be a coach's uh, pipeline to a school relationships that they have and that sort of thing. Um, So, you know, Will's one of those guys that probably could have flipped either way at one point or another, but um, I really think Tiffin's going to be a good fit for him.
1: You know, we always get so enamored with the four- and five-star guys going to power five schools. You talked about guys that are going to the D2 level, but this is like a celebration. Even, you know, Rob Moore, even though he's going to Michigan, this is a celebration for all these young student-athletes to, you know, pursue their dreams and go play at the collegiate
0: level. Absolutely. And, you know, let's be honest. If, if your ultimate dream is to play in the NFL, if you're good enough they're going to find you. Whether that's at Division two, that's at Division one, that's in Division three. There was a uh, young man in the Senior Bowl this last week that was getting noticed, and he was a Division three player. And yes, are, are there more um, hoops to jump through? More things you're going to have to do to get there, probably. But if, like I said, if you're good enough, they're going to find you. And, and like I said, ultimately, this is a long term investment of getting a great education, playing football at a high level. And competing and, and being part of a locker room of guys that that have a passion for the game like you do.
1: Uh, another name uh, I'm interested in discussing quick before we let you go, Cam Fancher. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I've loved watching that kid play. Super athletic. Uh, he signs with Marshall. What was his recruiting process like? And at what point uh, did he come? When did he officially announce Marshall? Do you know?
0: Um, it was within, I want to say, the last month or so. Um, it, it was relatively late in the recruiting process. Cam, Cam was a guy that was a borderline F, um, FBS player slash. Um, yeah, know. I know
1: he had some bigger schools looking at him because I remember, right. them, you know, so that you know Marshall, I think, is a good fit for him as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. He's he's going to be a guy that um, is is going to come in, and they're they're going to want to really work with him in the passing game. Um, and going through his progressions and things like that, but when it comes to arm talent and athletic ability, you're not going to find a, a, a better prospect as um, somebody that can make plays and extend plays with his legs. Um, the RPO run-pass option nowadays is really big, and and he's a kid that could excel um, in in that manner. And so, yeah, as an athlete, he's a kid that whether you know whether he comes in and excels at quarterback. Um, you know, is great, and if he doesn't, he's a kid that you could easily slide down to a slot receiver, kind of like Braxton Miller or that sort of thing, and 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 play that way, and, and could excel at, at that way too. But um, yeah, from a from a passing perspective, I think there was some things that they wanted to see um, him progress on, and maybe that didn't happen as much as, as the bigger D ones uh, would have wanted to see, but. That's why, you know, you have a a school like Marshall that's willing to invest invest in the kid and really work with them, and, uh, you know, I think uh, it's a great fit for him, and I think um, ultimately um, I'm very excited to see where, where he ends up there.
1: Real quick, and again, I know we haven't discussed this name, Brandon McDonald from Alter. Have you uh, Mm -hmm. followed, you know, what's his trail like right now? I know C.J. Hicks, by the way, really got to see him just absolutely explode in the game against Trotwood. And and Brandon McDonald had like a 300-plus yard game and five touchdowns against uh, Trotwood in the playoffs. It was unbelievable. But that game right there had to get the attention of a lot of teams out there. What are you hearing about his future?
0: Yeah, so Brandon, he um, I've talked to him um, quite a bit in the last weeks he has um had a lot of interest on the d1 side um but none of them have come through with with offers at this point and so he is actually looking to reclassify as a 2022 and go to a prep academy over the next year and uh try to uh work on himself um and uh and get that d1 opportunity down the road and so yeah i wish brandon the best of luck and um, I think, you know, the talent is definitely there. Like I said, sometimes it's just a matter of of seeing the right person seeing you, um, you know, or or this or that and and for whatever reason at this point has to happen. But um like you said, the the production's there. Uh he's a solid built kid that's honestly from a from a physicality standpoint ready to play college ball now, but Um, He's going to take that year and and try to work on himself as a player and and hopefully um, he can realize that dream uh, over, uh, you know, the next year.
1: Last thing as we send you out, and again, we have Jared Luganville with us here on the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash National Signing Day, uh, and Jared Luganville with Prep Red Zone Ohio calling in and hanging out with us a little bit here this afternoon. Uh, I know it's about this year's National Signing Day, but uh, Chase Harrison's a name I'm going to be keeping an eye on a lot moving forward. What are some of his options right now as we head into his senior season? Yeah, Chase is uh, getting
0: looked at by uh, uh, several, several D1s. Um, he's... Uh, our highest ranked quarterback in the 2022 class. Um, I know as of late, um, Louisville has come on, um, with interest in him. Um, and so, yeah, big, big body kid again and, and, a good athlete. Sometimes you see, uh, the, the bigger kids a little slow foot. Um, with Chase, that's not the deal. He's gonna, he's gonna be able to maneuver in the pocket, has the arm strength necessary to, to make the big plays. And, and like I said, I think, um, this, the summer camp season where, is where he's going to have a chance to to really start, um, you know, getting his name out there on on the bigger ends of the uh, the college spectrum and um, just coaches being able to see him throw live, see him in person. Hopefully, if one of those camps do happen this year, um, you know, that's going to be, I think, where where the offers will start coming. And so there's been a – you know, I can't name all of them, but there's been a lot of interest in them um, just – Offers are, you know, when when you follow recruiting, you you get to realize that it's, it's really a, a follower mentality. You Once one or two schools start offering, then you'll have a few more schools in that same conference offer, and then you'll see a couple of schools in another conference start offering. Um, it's, it's almost like they don't want to be the first one to offer. <laughs> they kind of want to keep it on the down low because they don't want, other teams to find out about them, which is kind of silly. But, um, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it's crazy how, and then especially with your big time prospects, once one blue blood, you know, an Alabama, uh, you know, a Texas, a Florida, Ohio State offers, then all of the offers start coming flooding in. And so um, typically that's, that junior uh, to senior off season is where those, those kind of offers will come in. Um, if they're going to get them or, you know, maybe it's a case where it's a, you know, middle of the pack, big 10 type team or, or, you know, whatever their, their ceiling is as far as offers are going to go is going to come in that time. And, and then, uh, they'll, they'll, a lot of the top, uh, prospects want to commit by the first game of their senior year. And, you know, the trend now, like you talked about it, Kev, is signing in the, December early signing period and actually getting enrolled um, for spring camp to be able to try to maximize those three years if they want to go play in the NFL or, or start playing um, uh, start starting time uh, as quickly as they can. So um, that's kind of kind of where things are gone.
1: All right, Jared Luganville, Prep Red Zone, Ohio, good enough to join us here on National Signing Day, giving us the latest on some of the top names here in the Miami Valley. Jared, thank you so much for your time. We'll be having you on more in the future. Thanks for hanging out with us today.
0: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks.